When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope your weekend's off to a great start. Always appreciate you tuning in to Inside Sports. Tomorrow, I'll join you at 3.30 in the afternoon for the face-off show. The game is at 5, Oilers and Canadians. Jack Michaels will be on the play-by-play tomorrow after Cam Moon did last night's game and did an outstanding job. I don't know if any of you uh, have Facebook. I, I've been on Facebook for several years. I, I do not spend a lot of time on Facebook. I often check it in the morning. I get that little reminder bell, and it tells me whose birthday it is. And I uh, usually will wish the, that person a happy birthday on Facebook or maybe a text message. And uh, then I might not be on Facebook again until the next day. Sometimes I might scroll down a little bit. And I am Facebook friends with Randy Chevrier, who's been on this show several times over the year, former CFLer, former NFLer. And he had a, a, a rather lengthy and rather emotional post. And he had a picture of words written on a whiteboard. And they said, you are 20%. And I read this story and uh, I got in touch with Randy to wish him well and said, hey, man, if you ever want to tell this uh, on, on my talk show and talk some football, we'd be happy to have you on. And Randy's always very generous with his time, and I think he knows that uh, he has an important message. So we're going to bring Randy onto the show now. Hey, Randy, thanks for checking in, man. How are you feeling? I'm good. How are you, Reed? Good. You know, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, like I said, pr- pretty emotional stuff. I- I'm going to let you tell most of the story here. You are 20%. Take us behind the scenes for why you wrote that on the whiteboard and what you've experienced here recently. Yeah, no, for sure. And I appreciate uh, the platform to share because, uh, you know, and the reason I, I do share is because um, I, I'm a big advocate for uh, for health of many, many, uh, many ways. You know, I do bully prevention, uh, domestic violence prevention, uh, women's cancer awareness. But, you know, for years I did that stuff while I played football. And uh, I always thought, you know what, when it comes to my own peers, like men, uh, you and I and my teammates and now in the fire department, a lot of my own uh, peers and colleagues, uh, men, uh, for the most part, we're not very good at advocating for ourselves. And, you know, last few years I've been involved with the Movember, you know, you grow a mustache, raise some money, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this year it actually hit me personally. And, uh, you know, it started um, in the few years since uh, I've been playing football and since I've been on the fire department, I do my yearly checks. And I've been really trying to advocate for myself because, you know, what I realize is that, um, you know, no one else, no one else will. I don't have... Uh, I don't have a spouse that's going to, you know, uh, kind of get me uh, to the doctor. No one's going to push me. You know, I, I don't have a mom that's going to call me up and say, hey, have you gotten checked? So, you know, except for, you know, the the, the, the yearly checkups with the, the doctor here at the Calgary Fire Department and going for blood work, there's no one that's, that's really telling me to get checked. And uh, what happened is, uh, I guess, before March last year, I noticed uh, quite a quite a large-sized bump in my... Um, 
in my uh, my neck, and I thought it <clears throat> might have been a lymph node from fighting a, a virus that I had a couple of years earlier. But it was getting a little bit large, and I went to see my actual my family doctor just in March, and uh, he said, you know, he's like, I'm not too sure what it is, but let's uh, let's send you for some uh, some uh, lab work, some some blood work, and uh, maybe an ultrasound just to see what what we're you know what we're looking at. Let's start exploring. And what happened was COVID hit. And, uh, you know, everything really shut down. And a lot of the, um, the blood collection sites and all that, it was very priority-based. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. And, again, I wasn't thinking so much that uh, it was going to be a big deal. And, um, uh, you know, months had passed, you know, homeschooling kids, like everyone else reacting to the pandemic and just trying to keep your head above water. You know, my, my uh, checking into that health issue was kind of on the back burner, to say the least. And um, come uh, September, I had uh, started a new position in the Calgary Fire Department. And uh, I, had, I felt like I had a little bit more um, space in my life to, to uh, pursue it. So, uh, yeah, I, I went to get uh, an ultrasound finally. And uh, I remember asking the ultrasound tech, I'm lying next to her, and I said, well, I'm not going to ask you what everyone asks you. And uh, she's like, yeah, everyone wants to know. And she's like, I, I don't know what the results are. But then very quickly, she got up. She says, oh, I'm going to have to call the, the doctor to come and take a look at this. So I knew that something was there that wasn't normal. And it wasn't just something that, that uh, might have been inflamed or whatnot. So anyhow, long story short, results went back to my doctor. They sent me for a, a, what they call a needle biopsy, which is basically through ultrasound, they stick some needles into the site and they, they pull some samples. And um, what had happened is when I went to a specialist, they said that um, it, it, uh, it it's a tumor and uh, it's on my salivary gland and what was explained to me is that the location of where it was and and what came back from the initial pathology which wasn't conclusive was that it was either going to be uh, a malignant type of cancer or a benign form of cancer but they couldn't tell until they pulled it out and the size of it was such that they had to pull it out regardless it was about four centimeters it was quite large i mean it was sticking out of my neck it was like a, it felt like i had like a bomb in my neck kind of like you know arnold schwarzenegger and the old total recall right and uh so anyhow um the doctor said that because the location where it was uh it was uh 80 likely to be malignant and 20 percent uh benign and that's when i came home that night uh, I went to work out. I have a little gym set up in my basement. I have a whiteboard on the wall, and I just wrote UR 20%. And, uh, you know, I, um, I had maybe about five minutes about of uh, feeling sorry for myself, but really uh, I couldn't because the day before I had given a corporate talk to a bunch of, uh, of uh, corporate salespeople in Calgary and talking about reacting when, when, uh, when you get knocked down. And I was like, here I was giving that speech the day before, citing many examples in my life prior to that moment and you know i was like well this is another moment that you know i'm gonna have to deal with it and uh and so i just stuck that up on my wall and and uh for three months you know i'd come down and i'd work out and i'd look at that and i'd be like yep you're 20 percent and then i'd go on with my day and and uh, that's it so in december uh fast forward i had uh, surgery to remove the tumor from my neck and um and it left quite a sizable scar. I was actually surprised the size of the scar that I've gotten in my le- my neck. I look uh, pretty badass, I guess. Um, but but uh, but uh, yeah, w- what happened was I got it removed December 9th, and then uh, just uh, I guess uh, December I think it was 28th or 20 27th or 28th. 
uh, the, the following the week right after Christmas, I found out that uh, it was benign. So, uh, you know, everything was, I got the all clear, which was amazing news. Uh, it was, it, it was neat. And again, I share that, like I said, we did, you know, not for any sort of, oh, what do you need? Because a lot of people were like, well, I, we need, you know, anything you want, we got. And it's like, no, what I really share it for is those guys that, you know, you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. And the next thing, you know, something that maybe could have gotten treated at the beginning, uh, you know, it becomes worse. And we do it maybe, maybe because we're stubborn, maybe because we're scared to deal with something that might be worse. But I, I go back to this when I'm talking to all the guys out there. And again, you know, it's not to, to alienate the women because I know the women have stuff too, but it just seems like in society, uh, women have a lot of supports. There's supports for everything. They have nests and they have tribes and they have all this stuff, which is great. Guys were like that, uh, what do they say, the, we're the lone wolf, the, the, the one-man uh, wolf pack, you know. And, and so uh, I say this, when I spoke to my kids early on in the process and I told them that dad has done everything possible to, to get it before it becomes anything bad, um, I can look in the mirror and firmly believe that. And that was a conversation I had with my boys. And, and I told them, I said, you know, that, that, there's a chance that dad might have cancer, but we'll deal with that when we come. You know, the first thing is let's get this thing out of my out of my neck. And and uh, man, I'm so glad I did. And and uh, you know, it, it just um, I had a couple of talks like this with with guys. You know, I play some rec ball hockey, and and uh, one, right after one of our games one day, I just asked the guys to gather around, and I felt like I was giving a speech. And it was kind of I, I could speak to thousands of people and not get nervous, but yeah, you speak to about 20 of your friends about something serious and it kind of gets a little bit harder to talk but you know we had a really good chat and a couple of guys actually since that moment went and get that their blood tests done because just like me maybe the uh, the requisition forms were sitting you know in a pile of papers that they don't even touch until the next year where they get a fresh set of papers you know so um yeah no i'm, I'm very happy with the result of course well, thanks for sharing that story and, and good for you for, for getting through it and, and so happy to hear that it turned out to be benign. Obviously, I mean, four centimeters is relatively large. Was it affecting breathing, swallowing, anything like that or or painful? Like No, it wasn't. It was just this hard mass and, and uh, you know, like I noticed it like when I would push my tongue to the top of my mouth, like if I'm lifting weights and stuff and you create like a tension in your neck, I would see it bulge out. And it was kind of funny. And I know that this is kind of a joke, but well, it's not a joke because I did for a charity, but this summer I had done uh, the Calgary firemen calendar, right? For the burn treatment society. And, uh, you know, it was a kind of a personal challenge to get back in shape and you know, a whole bunch of things. And, and anyhow, the point of that was I had lost quite a bit of weight and, uh, you know, I dropped down to below 250 pounds. And that was the first time since college I'd been that light. And uh, my neck had lost a whole bunch of weight, but this thing was was huge, right? And it never went down in weight. And I was like, oh, gosh, this I need to get this checked, you know? And then uh, right at the end of the summer, that's kind of when I was like, okay, I'm getting this done. And uh, and uh, like I said, yeah, it was it was pretty sizable. It was, uh, I felt like actually you, the hardest part for me, I've got to tell you the truth, was uh, – when when they first got the results from the biopsy, uh, the doctor had a real sense of urgency. Like she was, she seemed like she was in a panic. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to send this out to all the doctors in Calgary because of COVID, everything's backed up." She's like, "I can't even see you till February, so I'm going to refer you to someone else." In the meantime, you're going to get a CAT scan to see if this type of cancer uh, spread throughout your lungs. So. 
I was like, okay, so, you know, I was, I thought, oh, this could be bad, right? Because it could go through lymph nodes and get into your chest cavity. So I got this CAT scan and, uh, and then, and then nothing had spread, which was great, which meant that if it was a malignant tumor, it was still confined to the, to the boundaries of that tumor. And, um, and I said, so are you still going to kind of like, I was really advocating. That's the other thing that I think I share for is I really make sure I called back a lot. Like I was a pain in their butt. And I said, you know, I said, hey, uh, I haven't heard from any of the doctors. You said you sent it out to about six or seven doctors. She's like, well, since we got a, a, a negative result in the CAT scan, the pressure is off a little bit because, you know, it's not spread. And I said, well, no, the pressure is, like for me, the pressure is not off. I need this thing out. I said, what if between today and whatever day I get the tumor removed, it decides to spread or whatever, however it migrates. I said, oh, let's, right. let's get this going, right? And, and so I really was like, she's like, well, I gave the number to this one doctor, and he wound up being the doctor who did Dr. Deutschman here in Calgary. But I must have called his office like four or five times to make sure he got the requisition. I called his reception guy. I said, hey, listen, did you get some papers? And maybe he explained to me, yeah, well, he's got a whole bunch of requisitions on his desk that he, you know, he's got to get through, you know, with COVID and all this. I said, well, listen. Uh, this could be cancer, and you're, you're like as an ear, nose, and throat doctor, I said this could be cancer. He's like, oh, he's like, okay, listen, well, if I don't, if I don't get back to you by next week, call me. So I mean, the, 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 to the minute, I, I called them the next week and I said, hey, I didn't hear anything. Can you find out? And 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 that was part of the process too. It's like most people don't want to be a pain in the butt uh, in the medical service. They just wait for it to happen. And I'm not saying you got to be aggressive. I'm not saying you got to be mean or rude. But I was really advocating for myself in that sense because I had a real fear that between the time I got that diagnosis to when uh, the tumor was going to be removed, that something could have taken a turn for worse. And that was actually the time where I was, I was mostly um, nervous about everything, was the wait between, you know, uh, um, I guess early October and December. is like, okay, what, what, you know, at this point, what if something happens? And that's where I was most stressed. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, Randy, thanks for sharing that. And, and I mean, good for you for, for just getting the message out about what you went through and, and reminding people that, you know, they got to take care of themselves. You're not being selfish. You're not being a worrywart. You're, you're, you're being responsible to yourself and your loved ones for sure. Can you, can you hang, hang on? Cause I, I want to do it just a couple minutes on NFL stuff with you before we go. Can yeah, you just no, hang on through the break? Yeah. yeah Randy Shiver is sure. on the line, uh, former NFL or former CFL or he's on inside sports. We're catching up with Randy Chevrier, of course, played for the Double E, the Stamps, the Riders. He was with the Cowboys, Bengals in the NFL, college uh, football at McGill. Now with the Calgary Fire Department, shared his uh, story of getting a uh, rather large lump removed from his neck and uh, what he went through getting through that. Randy, thanks for sharing that. We'll have to have you on again, maybe Super Bowl week or something. So I'll throw you this one talking about the NFL. Yeah, teams have played most of the teams have now played 17 games the two teams that got a bye played 16 but there's tons of tape there's tons of tendencies so like how many wrinkles are a team is a team going to throw in at this time of year like they know what they do well the opponent knows what they do well so you know <laughs> you, you know you know what I, I would assume you don't want to think like oh let's 
be really crazy and change what works for us. But what what's going on game planning here for these teams going into these playoff games now? Well, Reed, uh, thanks again for having me on. Um, when it comes to football, it's very interesting. I mean, um, most teams, when they're preparing for the playoffs, as far as wrinkles, uh, I, I, I think what teams prepare, like teams going, especially teams that have a bye week, what they try and do is, uh, one, get their guys rested. Uh, whatever they can do to get their top players just a little bit better and a little bit more um, uh, polished and sharpened for, for, for this weekend. Um, coaches will generally tend to uh, make sure uh, the old philosophy, let's do what we do, but do it better. And so, you know, a lot of times it's focusing on the basics, like especially if they have a longer week of practice than they normally would, depending on how they, how they, um, how they script their week and their time off. But they'll focus on some fundamental things that maybe they didn't have a chance to work, work on since training camp. Uh, they'll focus on those fundamental uh, plays and playbooks. Now, this is is quite different because, again, I, uh, you know, I watch a lot of the games, and, and, and from what I'm understanding, a lot, a lot, a lot of what they do is over Zoom meetings, and and, and a lot of is that. So I can all imagine that there's not going to be too many changes when it comes to playbook. It's going to be really focusing on polishing what they have, doing it better. But what you will throw in is matchups wherever uh, either, uh, you know, someone's got to adjust to a matchup uh, and usually it's, it's athletically uh, to find a way to, or to take advantage of a matchup uh, on the other end. So, so that's what you'll see, you know, like uh, um, depending on who's lining up against whatever player or whatever key player, that's where they're going to, they're going to um, try their best to throw in a couple of wrinkles, maybe move personnel around, maybe a different formation, but the plays will generally uh, be be the same, just polished versions of what they've done, maybe a little wrinkle here and there. But, it, you know, the teams that are preparing, like if, if you're watching film on, let's say, the Green Bay Packers, uh, you're not going to see too much different unless there's stuff that's been in there since training camp that they never had a chance to use uh you know like when we when we think about uh that trick play that the eagles uh threw on the patriots a few years ago in the super bowl with nick Foles, right. that's a play they had in their pocket uh you know since probably training camp and really it was one of those uh uh, you know, um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Nick Foles look at uh, Doug Peterson, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, let's do it. And he's like, why not? You know, like they had that in the in you know in their back pocket. So um, you might see something like that that maybe you didn't see all year, but it's been there. Uh, so yeah, so that, that, that's what I think uh, you're going to expect uh, this week. And, and and generally, you know how how it all seems to always work in football is 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 the good teams. Uh, rise to the top at this time of year, and, and the teams that are supposed to win, a lot of times they do. You don't see too many surprises. Uh, yeah. Well, not like not like last week when the Browns, uh, what do they call, slap the uh, slap the, <laughs> the Steelers? Is that what uh, yeah. Chase Claypool said? They're going to get slapped. <laughs> yeah, the kind of, that was uh, that was kind of odd. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> your team's out. I mean, so what if the team that beat you loses? They still beat you. I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of sour grapes. I mean, uh, you know, when when uh, I, again, you know, maybe there's players that felt like that in the past, but but you know, with with you know, you, talk, you opened the last segment about social media, and you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm not on all the newer ones like TikTok or whatever. But in that instant um, uh, accessibility to the fans, a lot of times you'll see moments like that where a player doesn't doesn't take that sober second thought to uh to maybe think ah oh, you know and maybe he did maybe he's like well he just heats up our rivalry for <laughs> just next do it anyway i don't care you know like uh rivalries are good in sports right i mean what's everyone excited to see this week everyone wants to see brady and drew Brees, the two old guard and just see what happens there right like and everyone yeah. you know that that's what people want to see they want to see they, they want a storyline you know, otherwise, you know, what's the reason to check into a game, you know? Randy, we're going to have to talk again. Let's try to maybe do something Super Bowl week because it'll be cool to get your thoughts on what's gone down in the playoffs and, and preview the big game. Glad you're feeling well. Thank you for sharing your story. And, of course, you're welcome on Inside Sports anytime, buddy. Anytime. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, some playoff football this weekend. It's going to be a good good weekend. And, uh Oilers Canadians tomorrow. I got to pick for my Habs. You know me, I'm a Montrealer. So <laughs> there we go. That is Randy Chevrier. Insights. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Forts on Chet. scoreboard update senators leading the maple leafs 5-3 with four minutes left in the third in the first period blues and avalanche are scoreless the lightning are 2-0 they beat the blackhawks again 5-2 the final flyers beat the penguins 5-2 travis connectney a hat trick in that game for philly gritty threw a hat on the ice in celebration and the capitals win again against the sabers this one the final of 2-1 varana and wilson for the caps ristolainen with the goal for buffalo oilers and habs tomorrow five o'clock the puck will drop at rogers place our coverage starts with the face-off show at 3 30 mike smith goaltender on long-term injured reserve for the oilers they did not disclose the nature of his injury so Olivier Rodrigue, Oilers goaltending prospects who's been prospect who's been playing in Austria has been reassigned to the team's taxi squad that's pending quarantine protocols. So Koskinen, your starter, Skidder, the backup. We are going to see a lot of Koskinen unless the Oilers have another goaltending move coming, which is uh, certainly quite possible at this point. 7804960063 if you would like to get in touch, man, that was awesome to catch up with Randy Chevrolet had a had a cancer scare with a relatively uh, large lump in his neck that was removed. Unfortunately, turned out to be benign. 
Uh, Troy says, hi, Reed. I lodged your guest for the tenacity he showed in getting checked. I went through treatment for esophageal cancer. And Troy, I, I hope I'm saying that right. It's cancer of the esophagus. I hope I'm saying the, I think it's esophageal, the way you say it. Uh, I went through treatment for esophageal cancer, but have been delayed in getting follow-up since treatment finished due to COVID. The worry and thoughts every time you cough or sneeze is taxing mentally to say the least. I've already written down to follow-up on Monday with more vigor to get my follow-ups and retesting done ASAP. Troy, thanks for sharing that message and hope uh, it all works out well for you that was really good to have randy and hey he knows a lot about football too i enjoyed asking him about the playoff games coming up well heck starting tomorrow already well we'll do uh kellen and i will do our predictions including final scores before we sign off tonight i did not nail any final scores from last week's games nor did kellen i went four and two in picking the winners kellen was three and three so we will make our guaranteed to be correct predictions before we sign off tonight uncertainty the word of the last year or so and it certainly has hit the sport of curling now the the briars coming up march 6th to 14th the scotties is february 20th to 28th they're going to be in the bubble in calgary who's going to be there to discuss one of the best in the world he's been in the briar final three years in a row edmonton's own skip brendan botcher brendan welcome back to the show how are you doing i'm good thank you how are you reed I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I, of course, the nature of our curling interviews are a little different than they are during most seasons because we're not talking about quite the same uh, same amount of games and the same competition that we, we usually are discussing. I, I want to get the update in your words because you'll know it much better than me. What What is going on now to determine the field for the Briar? Well, <laughs> there's still a little bit up in the air on that one so uh, right now curling canada i think has released they're increasing the field to 18 teams um and right now we're kind of in the process of all of the provinces and territories uh selecting a team in most cases because running a provincial championship just isn't very likely uh in the current climate with covid um, so the provinces that can run a championship are trying, the provinces that can't, most of them are trying to select a team. And then because they've expanded the field a little bit, I think there's going to be some room for a few additional teams um, on top of what, uh, what all the provinces and territories nominate uh, to try and, try and round out the field with as many of the top teams as they can. Okay, so given that your because what well, you won Alberta last year you're one of the best rinks in the world are you confident that you're going to meet the criteria to, to to go to the briar will will defending provincial champions have sort of an advantage what do, what are you thinking there well uh, right now I'm not 100% sure how we're going to get to the briar I would say I'm pretty confident that we'll be there uh, one way or the other so just, um, I guess at face value, we have enough points right now that whether we are selected as uh, Team Alberta or we get one of the, the wild card spots into the briar, um, whichever way that shakes out, we'll be there regardless in one of those two capacities. So I suppose that's, uh, that's a good starting spot. I obviously would love to be uh, Team Alberta again. It was a lot easier for some of the other provinces to nominate last year's winner uh, than it has been for curling Alberta, partly because, you know, on both the men's and the women's side, 
um, a part of or all of Team Canada last year uh, was also Team Alberta members. So now you've got a whole bunch of athletes that weren't able to compete in, in provincials last year. Um, and they're, they also have a claim uh, to some extent to be represented as Team Alberta. So it's been a little harder for Curling Alberta than I has than I think it has been for some of the other associations. And that's why I think you've seen the decision drag on a little bit longer. Okay, but 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 by the Briar expense, because what they're going from sixteen to eighteen, so that's two extra wild cards. That's correct. So they took the regular field instead of a, a wild card play-in game like they would usually have. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to bring one team into a bubble like that. So they're going to invite both of the two wild card teams, which then puts their field at an odd number. So they had to round that out with an 18th team. So essentially, there's going to be three wild card teams at the Briar and the Scotties, um, and that'll that'll get a few more of those top teams in the event. What what were your thoughts or any input you might have had in terms of the the decision to not go ahead with the provincial championships? You know the the players really hung on. I would say uh, as long as we could. Uh, certainly, the last couple rounds of restrictions uh, from the government haven't helped <laughs> curling very much. Um, I think we all wanted to play, uh, and that was our position through most of the fall. And then we finally got to a date where, you know, it, it, even if we could run a provincial championship, we wouldn't have been able to practice before we stepped out on the ice. So, you know, now you're running a provincial championship after not having curled in two months. Um, and uh, at some point in there, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think I can speak for my team. I think we were quite relieved when Curling Alberta finally finally decided to cancel. So you you haven't played a competitive game since November then? That's correct. Yeah, our last event was uh, out in Penticton, uh, kind of mid-November. Oh wow. Okay. So, and are are you guys allowed to get together to practice, or would even a group of four guys on a rink with masks like is that allowed? Um, with the rules as they are right now, I think the answer to that question is no. Um, and part of that is for us to be able to go out to practice, we would need rinks to be open. Mm -hmm. So we would need rec centers open and we would need curling clubs to open. Uh, and in the current rules that, uh, that's just not possible. So uh, up till now, we haven't had a big event kind of on the horizon where everyone's been getting antsy trying to figure out how we're going to practice i would say though in the next couple of weeks uh the teams that are entering the bubble do need to have some capacity some capacity to be able to practice i know in some of the other provinces they've allowed nationally carded athletes or olympic hopeful athletes there's been a bit of an exemption um or a layering of the rules there to allow some of the top tier athletes to be able to practice. But you do run into the situation where we can only practice if clubs are open and if clubs aren't open, there's not a whole pile we can do. Okay. Well, interesting times, obviously. So you usually at this time of year, how many events would have you played? Cause this is, it's really starting to heat up now around this time of year. Yeah, for sure. So usually in the fall, we'd be playing, uh, I'd say eight events would be a pretty standard year. Um, and usually by now we would have played a couple events already in January. So I'd say we'd be closing in on 10 to a dozen events. Um, and this year we played three, uh, only in Alberta, um, and kind of in that 
uh, mid-October to early November window, and that's when the restrictions really started to uh, get tougher here in Western Canada, and that shut down most of the events. Okay. And are you comfortable with the, the bubble format that's going to be in place for the Briar and, and obviously for a couple other national events? Yeah, I, I am. So as I've seen the rules right now, I would say I would say it's an excellent starting spot in Alberta here. We've had a, a good runtime with hockey, um, both the NHL hockey and the World Juniors. And I think there was lots of positive learnings that came out of both those bubbles. Um, and Curling Canada has done an excellent job to try and uh, use a lot of the same resources that those bubbles had to try and make it as safe as they can for the athletes in curling if we're able to proceed. Okay. Well, I, I mean, certainly the Briar and the Scotties are are a big event and uh, must watch. Well, I think not just for, for curling fans. I think it pulls in a lot of sports fans. So I'm glad it's going to be a, a go. I, I think that, that you're going to be there. And, of course, we all wish you the best. Did I, did I miss anything vital that we need to get out from the curling world tonight? <laughs> I, I don't think so. To be honest, like a lot of other sports right now, we're kind of day by day. Uh, there's really not a lot of firm... Uh, long-term decisions that we've got to hold on to so we're kind of taking it as it comes we obviously want to play uh, we want to represent alberta um, and i really hope we can do that in the bubble down in calgary okay well brandon i always appreciate you coming on the show you're welcome anytime all the best here getting prepared in these unusual circumstances and i hope we talk again soon awesome okay thanks reed we'll talk soon all right, good curling update there from Brendan Botcher, one of the best in the world over the last three or four years for sure. So there will be a Briar, there will be a Scotty's provincial playdowns pretty much scrapped. So, you know, Botcher, a guy who was there last year, one of the highest ranked teams, no doubt he's going to be in the Briar and uh, they're expanding to have 18 rinks instead of 16. It is 747. Jamie texts and he says, Reed, I hear the sky is falling in Toronto. Can you confirm? I can confirm, Jamie. Sky down. Senators over the Maple Leafs 5-3. Leafs are now 1-1, uh, one one, just like the Oilers and the Canucks. The Senators unbeaten 1-0. That was their first game of the year. I think I, I still think the Senators are, are probably going to finish 7th in the North, but as we've been talking about a lot, I don't think they'll be an easy out. I, I, think, I think it's going to be really tough in the North. I, I think we'll see a lot of splits in these two-game series like we saw between Edmonton and Vancouver and a team that can put together a couple of hot streaks or maybe... Uh, you know, maybe you, you split, but you lose in overtime, so you win the points three games to or uh, three points to two in a two-game set. Those could be the little things that make a difference. No Mike Smith for the Oilers for at least the next uh, ten games into the first week of February. He has been placed on long-term injured reserve with an undisclosed injury. Our guaranteed to be correct NFL playoff pick. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's when we get back.
That's uh, about all you'll hear from Oscar Clefbaum this season. He is out for the year, did a media availability a few days ago and still mulling over whether or not to have surgery. Mike Smith on long-term injured reserve, Oilers and Canadians tomorrow and Monday at Rogers Place. Okay, Kellen and I are going to do our guaranteed-to-be-correct NFL playoff predictions. Guaranteed. Six games last weekend. I got the winners correct in four. Kellen got the winners correct in three. We also predicted final scores. Uh, None of us nailed the final scores in uh, any of the games. Pretty hard to get an exact score. Um, I guess you actually, you were really close, Kellen. What was the score in the Baltimore-Tennessee game? Was it 20 to 13? And you said 20 to 12? Yeah, okay, I was a point off. Yeah, you were only a point off. So you get, uh, that's a a bonus for you. You said 20 to 12 for the Ravens, and it turned out to be uh, 20 to 13. I picked the Saints to win 45-0 over the Bears. It was actually, uh, it was actually 21 to nine. Just double checking here if we were close on not, uh, Tampa Bay. Where's my Tampa Bay score? Oh, no, I wasn't that close on that one either. Okay. Anyway, let's do, uh, the four games this weekend. Again, guaranteed to be correct. Bet your, uh, your mortgage, your ATV, your stamp collection, maybe your collection of, antique magnifying glasses i know you all have one your star wars laser discs bet all that stuff okay rams at packers now here's the thing all year i was saying watch out for the rams they they play quick on offense they can run the ball they have a really good defense and then they lost to the jets who hadn't won a game all year at the time and then they didn't look that great against the seahawks in uh, in late December, and I kind of stopped talking about the Rams, and then I picked them to lose with their backup quarterback in at Seattle last week. The backup quarterback got hurt. Goff went in, and they they dominated the Seahawks. I mean, Kellen, you and I cheer for the Seahawks. Seattle yes. was yeah. totally totally bested in that game. So now I'm back on the Rams bandwagon, and I'm going to say they go in there and control the clock and play excellent defense, and that they upset Green Bay. I'm taking the Rams. 27-20. Kellen. Okay. Well, Green Bay is going to uh, take the Rams and uh, hang them up on the back of the uh, kitchen door in that game. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be 38-7 Green Bay for the final. They're going to hang them on the back of the kitchen door. I've sure. never heard that one before. Okay. <laughs> Feel a little awkward. Buffalo hosting the Ravens. The, the Ravens look good. They got Lamar Jackson. I, I just really like what Buffalo's been able to do this year. Josh Allen is outstanding. Uh, I do think that the Ravens will hang in there and keep it under control, but I'll take Buffalo to win 24 17. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I like Buffalo in that one too, but just to dare to be different and pick differently, I'll take Baltimore in a, I guess it would be a mile, well, it would be a little bit of an upset if they beat uh, Buffalo the way Buffalo was played this year. Uh, that'll be a close one. I'll say 24 21 for Baltimore. All right. Well, Baltimore got you, got you, you know, helped you last week. Yeah. So, yeah, Bills are favored by two and a half. Kansas City and the Browns. I did pick the Browns to win over Pittsburgh. I certainly didn't pick them to be up 28 nothing after the first quarter. I, I think Cleveland will, will hang around. I think they're obviously on the way up, but the Chiefs have the experience. They have Mahomes. I'll take Kansas City at home 31 21. And I will take Cleveland. Uh, oh. I'll go. 
Uh, we'll give it the rush special here. We'll go 21-12 for that final. You think the Browns are going to hold the Chiefs to 12 points? Yes. All right. That is, uh, that's a bold prediction for sure. Bucks and Saints. The Saints, uh, the Saints are just better. Tampa Bay didn't do well against the Saints this year. I'm taking New Orleans 28-10. Ooh, okay. Well, we agree on the team there. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints for that one. Uh, I think it's going to be lower scoring, though, than uh, what people imagine. So I'm just going to say 14-7 uh, Saints oh my for the final. 14-7. That, that would be amazingly low scoring. The two old men quarterback going at it. Okay, those are guaranteed to be correct. We'll update them. We don't uh, have inside sports till till Tuesday. So we have the Canadians and Oilers tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show, game at 5. Then on Monday, same two teams, face-off show at 5.30. And uh, the game will start at 7. Jack Michaels with the call tomorrow. Cam Moon will call it on Monday. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio operator. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Always good to interact with you. Hey, hope it's a good one tomorrow at Rogers Place. I'll talk to you at 3.30 in the afternoon. Have a great weekend. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.